new personally, I do believe that any event that runs the weekend of WTC should ever be counted towards any statistics because, frankly, it's not a fucking tournament if there's no WTC players there. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to StatCheck episode 66. This is Iron Storming the Meta. StatCheck is a show that's run every week, talking about all things Warhammer 40k and stats and meta and tournament and all that good stuff. A bunch of us have been at events this weekend. A bunch of us are prepping for events next weekend. Uh, I'm prepping for events for the next like month. Um, life is hell, but also in a good way. So I hope everybody's having a great time. Welcome to the show. I'm Ennis. I'm joined by Nathan, Jeremy, and Anthony. How is everybody doing today? Let's start with Nathan. I'm doing fine. I'm slowly being ground into dust by work, but that's the usual nonsense. I continue to paint stuff and then I'm running a fun kind of like invitational RTT this weekend where I'm running three Phoenix Lords and some nonsense, basically. Like there are striking scorpions and Carandris in the list, so it's kind of just whatever I wanted to paint. What? Please tell me you're putting all three Phoenix Lords in a Falcon. There is a falcon. Um, they're not all going in the same falcon because there's only one falcon because that's all I have time to paint, bud. Um, there are two fire prisms in the list because everybody is bringing vehicles. Like there's an Ares being featured in one of the custodies lists that somebody is proposing for it, which is a lot of tank. Other than that, I I'm... like how Nathan's list tailoring for his friendly RTT. Look, man, I do also not want to just die instantaneously. <laughs> <laughs> the Ares is spooky because it's it still has the old towering rules because it's an aircraft. It also has like nine or ten shots at D6 plus one hitting on twos and at like strength 14. It's basically just got a bunch of lances and is 22 wounds. Yeah, the bombs are also hilarious. Yeah, just remove cover and then mortal wounds on sixes. Every time you fly over something, it's fine. Um... Mm -hmm. Other than that, practicing for our TTS teams thing by playing Tyranids on the side on TTS when I have spare moments, which isn't a lot because if I'm not doing work or painting, I'm playing Spider-Man 2 right now. <laughs> what is 40k aside from hobby? That's all it is. It's a lighthouse. The, the Fire Prism chassis is slightly different than that Falcon chassis. Just slightly, though. Just slightly. <laughs> Jeremy, how about yourself? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, I was at a team event this weekend with some of the usual crowd. Uh, Montreal, um, we came, we saw, we conquered again. <laughs> it was a for the dirt. Yeah, yeah, basically. I, I, I genuinely look forward to the day when we lose a round there. Yeah. Uh, you giving because... them independence from their trophies. Pretty much liberating of them of them. Um, we unfortunately played the other Ottawa team round five, so uh, or the third Ottawa team round five, so we ruined the chances of a one, two, three Ottawa podium at a Montreal event and said it was just one and three. And then the organizers team second. Yeah, fair enough. If you must do bad things to people, at least do bad things in a funny way. Or to the um, French. <laughs> Same difference. The French would be hurt by the association of Quebec people with the French. Bonus, bonus <laughs> points. Out there. 
Yeah, I know. I was just saying, that's not a downside here. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> they treat us badly when we're there. We'll treat them badly when they're here. Mm-hmm. Anthony, what about you? Up to anything recently? Um, I finished Diablo for the season. I killed the Uberan boss twice. I played a build that I like. Uh, yeah, I'm done. I hit level 90, not 100, but fucking whatever. Um, so... Yeah, uh, I started studying for what will hopefully be a new role thing uh, coming soon, trying to get some Amazon AWS certs now. So uh, that's where my free time will go that isn't coaching or 40k related. So I'll probably stop playing, you know, like random video games too much. Um, Like the 60 hours in a week of Cyberpunk or whatever that was. And then the probably a little too much time on Diablo in the rest of the time. Uh, So. That hyper-focus energy can be spent on, I guess, like, progressing my career, Chris. Uh, um, doesn't sound like a real thing. Well, like for you, progressing the career is progressing the, the gas pedal at this point, right? So, same, same. Um, More or less. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, I have Cali Cup in two weeks. Next week? Next week. But... We fly, like, a week tomorrow, man. <laughs> yep, that. All right. Polar. <laughs> I definitely knew that was next week, not the week after. Um, so yeah, there's that, uh, that'll be sweet. I've been practicing really hard for it by playing Chaos Knights a bunch, uh, even though I'm just for that event. Um, yeah. To be fair, man, it's player place. Diablo's got about as much to do with that as regular 40k does, so. Every time you run a Nightmare Dungeon, the layout is different, so we've gotten that far. Um, yeah, I don't, there's not really much else. Um. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Nas, I am already pretty proficient in Azure, so I am not uh, doing stuff there. I am trying the other systems to see. How's Team USA selections, all that stuff going? Uh, Yeah, so 14 people made it through to the... So the way the process works is that it starts as... um, It starts as, like, the applicant step, so we had 45 people apply. Um, From there, that is selected down to 12 um in theory anyway so the team votes you get up to 12 votes uh the people with the 12 most votes get interviewed by sean um that is a great system except this is the only part of the program that isn't ranked choice voting so there was a bunch of ties at the bottom so sean had to uh, interview 14 people (laughs) um so we found a hole in the system but it's okay we'll address that in the future um so Sean is currently in the process of interviewing people, and we'll see how it goes from there. Uh, that will like that fourteen will probably narrow down somewhere between like four and eight. I think is what the current like team size cap allows for. Um, I think if Sean picks five or less, we don't have to cut anybody next year. It's would be a following year problem um, because of how like recursion and being on the team works. So like if everybody decided to come back and Sean put six people on the team, we would have issues next year. Um, like, people would have to get cut or choose to drop. Um, and honestly, with the new processes, by the time you've put enough work in to be on, self-dropping, unless you have, like, a child coming or something, is probably just not super worth it. Um, so it's better to just stay in if you're already in and leave if you must. Um, it's all 8 to 12s, Sam. And if anyone lets me get more than that, they're bad. That's world leaders. Uh, <laughs> I also, you can literally ask Innes. I did the same thing in Alpine. 
Uh, he's, he's lying. He 100% put in some effort at Alpha. He had a couple booyahs. Uh, I did not. I only used that at... <laughs> Uh, I used that only at WTC, and I, it cost me like $80 in drinks because I bought the entire team drinks. Uh, there's like a picture in the Team USA Discord that's a screenshot of my like bank account and like the charge and says, Booyah, a cautionary tale. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the team process is going good. We'll have our like academy team which is like our functionally our what i would refer to as our prospect role from last year done soon and then once that's all done uh like my role on the team now because i have a real title yay uh kicks in and i start organizing practice and organizing our travel to team events hell yeah man glad to hear it's all coming together looking forward to seeing what happens for you guys this year Woo. As for myself i had a busy old week i uh, played in a little gt a uh, 30 player gt it was the Eight-year anniversary of my first ever singles tournament. Uh, I had played a few, like, random... I played, like, a few random, um, like, RTTs, and I played a team event before, but Rapid Fire 2015 was my first ever actual proper two-day event, uh, and I did terribly. And then this year, I won it for the second year in a row. So it's always nice to see nice to see literal examples of growth. Um, so, yeah, it was really cool. I played Chaos Space Marines at it. Um, managed to take down Brian on the way through in round two, and then I played a couple of Team Scotland players on the way up. So I played against Alan on Ironstorm in round five, had a super close game there. I think it's going to be on Greenhammer tomorrow when they're showdown bit, so go and check that out if you want to see some more details about it. Um, but yeah, Chaos Space Marines, super fun. Love punching things with Chosen. Uh, Forge Fiend stressed me out, something severe. Hello, cat. <laughs> <laughs> cat. Um, mostly the Forge Fiend stressing me out, though. Forge Fiends are terrifying. I hate shooting them, and they never seem to do anything <laughs> except when they do everything. Um, they, uh, I just can't have them punch up the second something's toughness is double digits my fortunes are just like i don't want <laughs> yeah casually just being like that's one devastating wound and no saves but you had full rerolls man yeah you I... had full reroll <laughs> why did you roll three shots and no explodes you asshole <laughs> yeah i had stress my last out. round game i was playing into csm and i had a forge fiend nurgle forge fiend uh shoot at one of my um Sagittars. Then the math my head is like, nah, I won't void armor. You aren't going to do anything to me. And actually nothing. Zero wounds. Yep. That shouldn't happen, but it can. I will say, um, props to my Nurgle Forge who did kill the Phoenix Jam in combat, uh, who then leaving it to get shot. <laughs> let's go! <laughs> Two attacks, three hits, let's go! Oh, that's beautiful. Love it. Love um, it. Punch, punch that guy through the sun. Packing um, the Nurgle Forge Fiend melee is a yeah. I was I was, on, I was on four wounds as well. It was like dodgy Ooh. as hell. I was like, I need, I want this guy gone. <laughs> and he sure did die. It was quite funny. Um, but yeah, besides that, uh, we're prepping up. We're traveling down to Nottingham for a team event this weekend. We're playing. Uh, we've got three Scottish teams going down to play against three English, Welsh, and the Northern Irish team uh so that's happening we've got six man teams for that so it's pr right proper back into tournament season um so we've got a bunch of like team scotland prospects a bunch of people who've used to play for the team but are looking to come back and a bunch of this year's players uh plus we've got a last sign off for brian and simon before they retire from the team um to give them all a big a nice big run out so yeah it should be a really good time plus i it was as uh, as somebody mentioned in chat it's my birthday this week so 100 percent we are doing 
whatever we want in uh, Nottingham because we're going to be in a city centre and the venue is in the city centre. So there's no excuse. Plus, we're playing the Northern Irish round one. So there's absolutely no excuse. The, Northers, the Northern Irish stayed out drinking until 3 a.m. the round before they played us at WTC. I mean, they knew what that round was going to be. <laughs> Dude, they knew what they were about is more like it. <laughs> they didn't give a fuck. Yeah, it's a shame Cahill's not going to be there, but a bunch of their new players are going to be there, uh, as well as their captain. Um, so, yeah, it should be a really good time. I mean, would Cahill uh, even then... really be there even if he was there? Have you seen that man shaved? <laughs> it's true. He's, it's he posted that. What he posted he that picture, and it was like an actual nightmare scenario. Look, this is gonna. This is one of those things where there's people talk about the show very just occasionally, just descending into things that only people who are already in the tournament scene will understand. But yeah. Cahill shaved is like. <laughs> It's terrifying. His beautiful beard, and now he's it's a like, soft baby man. It's like you imagine, like the worst monster from any creature film you've ever watched. It's like if the thing, if it's like the thing from the thing, and like Flubber had a baby. Like that's Cal. <laughs> I honestly just thought he looked like Wallace from Wallace and Gromit. So that you know. too. He looked like the clay they used to make Wallace from Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cal, we love you, but. <sighs> That needs to come. So yeah, that's that's been that's been me. Uh, not been not been uh, not been super inactive, unfortunately. And then yeah, obviously we're off the Cali Cup. So I get back from my team event in England. Uh, we drive six hours home. I work for two days, and then Wednesday morning we fly to we fly to California, which so, is an easy flight from the UK. It's only like eighteen hours total of travel. Oh, is that all? Yeah, it's not that bad. It's a, it's a good amount of sleep, and it technically only lasts like six hours because of time travel. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I'll get to get there and it's like 5 p.m. and I get to go and do stuff or 3 p.m. I think I land. I get to go and do stuff for the day or pass Did out. Did you in coordinate the with the boys to do to actually go do stuff? No, I've coordinated absolutely nothing. Oh, you should talk to them about what to do. <laughs> no, I don't do that. I'm going to go to the Airbnb and then pass out and order takeaway. It's going to be great. <laughs> oh, I mean that's fine too. I was just saying, like you can't just be like out there wandering through American cities without consequences. Is all I was trying to get at. Just like make sure. <sighs> It'll be fine. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> to anyone listening that's planning on going to the GW finals in Atlanta, do not do that. You'll oh, shit, fine. there was my plans for Atlanta. <laughs> Don't just like aimlessly wander around Atlanta. I'm sure the area that the hotel is in is fine. Okay, so what I, what you're saying is I should rethink my plans for Cali and Atlanta. Got just, it. Just ask people some questions, that's all. I still remember... Uh, when we showed up at Tacoma, we were told you are not allowed to walk towards Mount Rainier. That is Mount Doom. You walk away from it if you want to go to somewhere interesting. Okay. Um, and then the other, I mean, after London, maybe I should take some advice on where it yeah. to be in cities. But... <laughs> Dude, you don't eat like 90% of the food that's available in San Diego. <laughs> And this is gonna get rice and die. Don't mind rice. Well, there'll be too many spices. Too many spices. It's okay. All right, guys, take us into the stats before you guys kill me. Uh, <laughs> yes, with Mexican food. All right, let's go. Um, we're gonna talk about this in in like a few different. I honestly, <laughs> you can't just do that, guys. Like you can right, for, so, for the podcast the thing... listeners. Alex Taos just posted, damn, Nathan was less worried about my safety when I stayed with him. I was just wandering Chicago, LMAO. You are honestly fine 95% of the time when you're just wandering, like, around the city. Like, 
And most of the places that Alex was going to were tourist places, which are very safe. Um, Most of Chicago itself is also residential area. Chicago itself is also very safe there. I don't want to go into the state of Chicago crime statistics because it's just not interesting podcast material for this section. If somebody really wants to talk about it, we can talk about it later. The vast majority of the time, <laughs> Innis, if you can no, Innis, if you can survive wandering around London, then you can survive wandering around most large cities in the United States. Listen, Ben, Team Scotland has one good player left. We're not allowed to kill him. <laughs> wow, they can't really take harsh. you again. <laughs> Stats time. All right, so everybody's really excited about the Space Marine release. Um why its effects on the meta or something everybody keeps asking me for space marine numbers on the side i'm going to talk about that in a minute um because we do break out the events that use just this new space marine codex um and it does amazing things for their win rate that you'll all be super astounded by but first for this week in stats uh eldar are still number one for win rate uh 62.5 percent win rate 9.1% 9.1% meta representation, three event wins, 11 top fours, 23 top tens. <laughs> uh, 2.3 over rep ratio, which, you know, is great to see Eldar survive their first nerfing so intact. Um, Chaos Space survive. Marines. Chaos Space Marines are not that far behind them, and I'm going to talk about them later in this when I have a special segment about how Chaos Space Marines are, in fact, broken. Uh, Chaos Space Marines have a 7.7% meta representation, a 59.8% win rate, <laughs> three event wins, relax. eight top fours, 18 top tens, and a two over rep. So let's let's talk about that some more in a minute. Gene Steeler Colts have popped back into the top five. Uh, the, their plan is generations in the making, and they've decided to come and return to high win rates, I guess, but no event wins. Someone found Two. the demo charge data sheet and was like, oh, well, this is still pretty good. <laughs> yep. Someone realized uh, you could put them inside transports and use them infinitely. Also that. So 19 players, 2.4% of the meta, 57.8% win rate. No event wins this weekend, but they got three top fours, five top tens. Because they're such a low meta representation army, they have a 2.3 over rep, so I wouldn't read too deeply into those tea leaves at the moment. Uh, world leaders are in fourth for weak performance, 3.3% of the meta, a 57.3% win rate, no event wins, three top fours and five top tens, continuing (laughs) their bridesmaid, not the bride situation with a 1.73 over rep still, though. And then somehow magic um, by barely having a track, like a reasonable number of players this weekend, two above the usual number uh, of 10 for the cutoff that I use. Drakari are in fifth place for weak performance, 12 players, 1.5% of the meta, a 55.5% win rate, and no event wins, no top fours, and two top tens for a zero over rep ratio, though, for the weekend. Did, did they, uh, did Skari play an event this weekend? He did. He went... However, however, mm-hmm. at his event, he was not the best Drakari player. I don't even care. That's fine. He played Mono Coven. I know. It's great. <laughs> Man went 4-2 with Mono Coven. Yep. I think we 
briefly chatted about it's removing him from the event. data set just to see what drukari actually are like across the entirety of 10th edition 40k we'll talk about that in a special segment of skari's drukari versus everybody else's drukari just for funsies later um at the bottom we have death watch uh with only five they only have five players so it's not even really worth talking about beyond that five more than I, they should have I think it's funny that they have a 33% win rate. I don't know. I think that's amusing. Um, Imperial Knights are actually the worst faction with a, tra a reasonable number of players this weekend. They had 20 players, 2.6% of the meta, and a 36.2% win rate, which is... I think that was always true. It's just now the stats also support that. Real bad. Uh, uh, and then... I mean, release rules for Imperial Knights, that was not the case. For someone, maybe. What all the Eldar players... What all the Imperial Knight players were cheating and rerolling all their ones? They were great. Even I mean, then, that was how it was written. I didn't care how many ones you rerolled against Eldar or CSM. That's true. Space Marines are next worst at 8% of the meta for pure Codex Space Marines. This is before we're going to pull out new versus old, and we'll talk about new in a second. Uh, they had a 40.7% win rate. One event win, uh, two top fours, and six top tens. That event win was with the new book. Um both of their event wins were with the new book. The new book numbers, because several of the events did run the new book, it doesn't change that much. They had a 40.2% win rate instead of a 40.7. Not really changing the dial very much on the win rate for Codex Space Marines, but both of their event wins. Uh, Black Templar also won an event this weekend using the Iron Storm detachment. Uh, so their the, two event the wins were with new book. Yeah. The good detachment, basically. Uh, yeah, actually, like, I think one of their wins was with the old book. I thought they both were with new book. We can take a look at it in a minute. Yeah. Um, Necrons are next up. 6.5% of the meta, 41.8% win rate. They got a top four and six top tens for a 0.3 over rep. And then Custodes are fifth from the bottom. Uh, 26 players, 3.3% of the meta. Their meta representation has dropped quite substantially over the last few weeks. And a 42% win rate. So trying their damnedest to stay just fringely outside of the 45 to 55% range. Uh, that's kind of it. Everything else is just not that different from how it was before. Uh, Tyranids are right outside, are right inside the 45% at a 46.9% win rate. Deptus Mechanicus won another event while still being like a very strange looking army from a win rate perspective um and sisters decided to buck the trend and got a 52 percent win rate for the weekend with one top four and two top tens while being the i think least played book yep least played mono codex faction with 10 players so barely meaningful uh, I did bring up a couple images to show people, so we're going to do the fun thing where we look at screenshots from the metadata dashboard, which you can also look at at stat-check.com slash the-meta. Yes, Jeremy. Good luck, you have your hand raised. All right, I'm just going to quickly clarify because I had to go back and check my stats. Um, so Space Wolves did win a GT this weekend using the old book. Okay. That was the third Marine win this weekend that I, I knew existed. Ah. I just couldn't remember who had done it. There you go. So two for new and book, honestly, one for old nobody. book. There you go. All right. Into me doing a really good job of using technology. 
Um, and by that, I mean, not even remotely, uh, but da, 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 not that one. There it is. Cat is very attention <laughs> So right this now. is the totality of the meta for the data slate plus Tyranids, where we have Eldari at the top, followed by Black Templar, followed by Chaos Space Marines. Meta's pretty stable. Meta's pretty good. Most of the factions are within the balance window, just Eldarm over the top. Uh, Chaos Space Marines are technically also outside the balance window. I don't know why 56% qualifies as not being within the balance window. I'll talk to Cliff about it's that. It's probably like 56.x and rounding up on the visualizer, but not above 55 point whatever for the thing to catch it. That's probably what it is. I'm just going to talk to Cliff about it to make sure that that's what it is. Uh, custodians are... Really weird, but probably what's happening. Yeah, really weird, but probably what's happening. So we'll continue on. Custodians are... 44 point like 4% I think at this point when we're looking at this image capture Drukari and are the only mono faction like pretty far below and then Blood Angels kind of at the bottom and then let's see if it oh it's not going to stop sharing to share this tab and said there we go all right this is now just Marines release stuff so just this week basically and just Codex Space Marines post release uh with Chaos Space Marines Three wins, Eldari, one win. These are just events with Marines, I believe. Yep. One Space Marine win, one Black Templar win using new detachments. Tau won an event that uses the new Space Marines. Orcs won an event, and Chaos Knights won an event. Uh, it's not, like, dramatically different. It's also good to caveat this data with the fact that it's not very many events, so we'll have to kind of keep an eye on how things go moving forward. Although... In this data with the new space, new space Marine book, we do have Chaos Space Marines at the top with 63% win rate and a 2.59 over rep ratio. I'm sure January will fuck that right up for them. Yeah, I'm sure that Chaos Space Marines and Eldari um, won't get... Nerfed. Chaos Space Marines aren't going to be good for two mats in a row. No, definitely they weren't. They certainly weren't in ninth. To be fair, though, what's going to happen is Eldar are going to get... Chaos Space Marines are going to get nerfed harder than Eldar do... <laughs> Yeah, they're going to get nerfed by the the first balance patch. It didn't nerf people hard enough balance patch. So the balance patch is going to be way sterner on the second go around. And so Chaos Space Marines are going to get nerfed into like the straight ground. I don't know. This past one was pretty nerf stern. Good luck, world ears. <laughs> I just want one of my armies to work. And this is. Hey, Drakari might have a codex by then. Hopefully. Maybe. That'd be Please. awesome. It'd be great to have a codex, Drakari, that was nice. Um, but imagine if you go Drakari and Real Space Raiders was the best attachment in it. Uh, sure. I mean, if they were better and that was true, then I would take it. Um, it, and it I almost guarantee it can't get worse. True. And then I'm going to explore... No, not knocking on any wood. It can't get worse. That detachment blows. Yeah. That's right. When AdMech players are like, oh, I'm so glad we still have Rad Cohort because all these other ones are terrible, you're going to know the pain that's coming for you. Nah, it's going to be fine. The Drakari Detachment is the single worst piece of 10th edition design, fucking quote me. And so now I'm going to share kind of a problem that we're seeing in that Chaos Space Marine data set, just <laughs> because. I, this Anthony, is post-Space so Marine <laughs> um, release, so the data is still kind of small, but because there's only like 27 games here for Eldari, so this is just post-Space Marine book release. Do not look at World Leaders. But this fine. is a whole lot of blue. Look, look at all this blue. Except for that planning, chaos. If you are planning to go to Atlanta, it just takes CSM. It's okay. <laughs> Look at how OP they are. 
they have a really good matchup into most factions at the moment. They're only questionable matchup basically into world leaders and into space wolves, but those matchups are also very small samples. This is something that I'm going to continue talking about over the next couple of weeks if we see it change or not. Um, hey guys, they lose to Drakari as well. Like, so clearly, it's, no, a, no, it's a 50%. It's 50%. They tie. It's just a coin half the time. Yeah. Um, Could be six draws. They do beat Eldar 56% of the time. So, yeah. Good matchups into the vast majority of the field. We'll see how this pans out over the next couple of weeks as we gather kind of a more full data set. The absolute best stat here is them versus Necrons. 88%? Yes. That's a very Holy good space marine. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Also, Imperial Knights and Grey Knights. Like, 89 yes. and 100, yes. Again, very small data set. That's seven games played. This is 17, but... For context, what does the Eldar one look like right now? It, oh, the, what does... I don't have it in front of yeah. me. I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up. I got it. It'll take... Just so we know like what we're, what we're talking about... Like in terms of general level of bustedness, how does Eldar's look? So we know a frame of reference. <sighs> I think this is it. Yep, here we go. All right, Eldari battle host. Here we go. It looks like this. Oh Jesus Christ! Um, ninety-seven percent win rate into Space Marines, which is never not funny. Um. Or space marines, bro. That means they've dropped. Wait, half a game? Yeah. <laughs> Eldar out here. Well, I, the Eldar into the space marines thing makes sense, right? Like Fuegan kills half their army when they, regardless himself, of what yes. the patch. Yeah, and Fuegan just doesn't die. Fifteen zero and one, my man. <laughs> but yeah, like Chaos Space Marines have more blue than Eldar do. Um, it's not a lot. I think how are they negative into demons? What? It's seven games played. Oh, it's seven games. Okay. Yeah. Right. Again. Plus, you have to remember the kind of Eldar player that's playing against demons players right now is like <laughs> fair. If we include so, everything after the data slate, so we'll get a better, a more complete picture. No, no, no. Yeah. See that. Looks before more... you do that. Before you do that. Nah, it's too late. I already did it. Oh, I would say go to the bottom right and hover over the Adeptus Mechanicus one because they're zero and two since in the, well, that's in the Imperial Ages. Book. That's Imperial go. Ages at the bottom right, isn't it? Go at Mech, Go. Uh, the bottom right in the original one was actually Adeptus Aurora test zero and one. Damn it, Quentin! Chaos Space Marines looks like this. So they yeah. theirs isn't that different from Eldar's from a quantity of blue perspective. Um. Yeah. They Part have bad matchups into Votan, Tau, and Eldar. That seems I will true. say, part of this is probably a little bit, the like the, the Chaos Space Marine list has adapted to the point where it has a, like an answer in the meta with uh, with Liam VSL's list basically taking over in terms of play, a bunch of play rate. And people will just need to figure out ways to play into that a little bit more. And I think over, like, I think a little bit of time before that stops. But for like Atlanta, I wouldn't expect CSM to be as big a problem as this because people will now be plappering for them exactly the same as they are Eldar. So, as always, these are a snapshot of a period in time rather than representative of the exact state of what we're looking at, right? Yeah, they're not going to be, they're not prognosticative. Like, I can't tell you what the meta is going to be like at Atlanta because that's several weeks away. Well, and Atlanta is also going to be a, a hell of a skewed event because you have. As I've mentioned to many, many people who think they're going to do well at this event, there are going to be 200 people who typically, obviously not everyone, typically want a major or higher to get there. 
Yeah, there'll be 180 people there and 20 Canadians, and like you'll have to worry about at least 10 of those people. <laughs> um, I do want to say that I do think this is kind of a funnier trend line. It's Black Templars. <laughs> Wee! <laughs> Up to 58. Turns out turning them into a horde was a good idea. Uh, Chaos Space Marines are right underneath there. They also have the fun trend line of just going going up. Eldar have started to kind of bounce back in. I don't want to show the Custodes ones because I'm going to get a bunch of messages from Custodes players. <laughs> but I'll show oh, it anyways because it also makes me really happy. This is the Custodes trend line. It doesn't um, make me as happy as the Knights one does, but it does make me happy. Here's the Drakari one, which is going to make one. me real upset later because this is the four-week rolling <laughs> average, which has them at 43%. <laughs> getting there there is imperial knights though down <laughs> consistently since the start um and then there's leagues of otan who have the comeback kid story of the 10th edition when they bounce right on back after that data slave so actually do death guard death guard got bounced up into the balance window. yeah it, it turns out it was a pretty decent data slate who would have mm -hmm. mechanicus have just kind of sat in the balance window for a while now so and nobody knows mechanicus why or not even oh well, isn't it like they're not bad they're just boring as shit right and they have like one build that works i mean that's every good army though nah like i mean like no. one yeah you can have variants on the csm build but like i mean csm is a, actually a rare case of the other way but like you can have multiple eldari builds that work do you want to say that the tyranids army is just so balanced just look at them just look at them hanging around like the, around the 50 look at them just being slightly look at them just always being slightly bad <laughs> just now nah, there were a couple moments where they were above average i here. mean to be fair all their good pilots only play them when they're busted besides john so yeah it's true i also would say that tyrannids aren't bad they're just very they're, they don't have an exciting play style at the moment they are perfectly acceptable in a world of eldar and csm yep also, if you want to play the Swarm version of it, your back is slowly annihilated over the course of an event. Um, as Did Francois ever decide if that actually hurts his back or if it's actually fine? Because I've seen him say both things with equal fervor. So he enjoys playing it, but he sweats profusely at a tournament normally because of his... And then at when he's playing the Swarm list, he sweats about twice as much. We thought he was going to slip in a puddle uh, at the end of round one on on Friday on Saturday morning. Working for it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> as as he put it, anytime he would go into a tough matchup, he would be this is the hardest ten ten I've ever gotten. All right, he said that at the beginning of round five, and then eighteen two to Nork player, so that was amusing. His first picture I, was I didn't go first, so I didn't get my opponent got to left their leave their deployment zone today, <laughs> which is round... never not funny. Two against Custodes. He was playing against someone who we played against the, a few times. I thought that was the Orc matchup. Oh no, that was it was the Orc matchup too. But the Custodes one was especially funny because they were playing Ritual. <laughs> so if he had gone first, the Custodes player never would have created an objective. <laughs> Just you know, casually, never get to do. You could have created some to immediately give Francois primary. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, that also happened, but but yeah. So the meta is doing okay. There's some potential problems on the horizon. We'll see if that pans out into being real problems or not. But Chaos Space Marines and Eldar winning basically all the events is a problem. That's just the first part of 10th, but with a different faction having cycled in. And a faction that is much more evenly doing it with Eldar as compared to when Imperial Knights and Eldar were winning most of the events. Um, 
At least yeah. it's an army I own this time. So, you know, Batman. There you go. And yeah, Space Marines, similar to Tyranids, essentially got a side grade. So they weren't doing that great before, and they're still not doing that great now. Yeah. It's something funny. And I know that there is one person who will really, really enjoy this. That since the slate, Eldari have a 44% win rate into Sisters. How many games is that? 34. That's not a lot of games. Is that that's a lot of games at Tampa? It's it's enough (laughs) games for it to be funny. How many games is that just the Tampa Bay Open? Uh I mean, if you're talking about Jeff Jeffrey Clauder, then it's like Is that like three of the games? Is it just one? Oh, let me go double check to see what he played against. I'm just curious. It's not that many games, and I know he won at least one of them. No. Okay, so he didn't come out of nowhere because that wasn't his first event of the season. Uh, He played against. He only played played Eldari once. Oh, man, I thought it was more than that for some reason, but I guess I didn't look at his Tampa Bay Open stuff closely enough. He he Uh, actually kind (laughs) of did come out of nowhere a little bit. He hadn't won anything except an RTT this season, if I remember correctly. Yes, but what I mean in terms of like, it's not like this was his first event of 10th. True, yes, it was not. Um, I've been his told that though, I didn't actually look at this last time. Orcs, Tau, Vanguard Onslaught Tyranids, Orcs, Orcs, John Lennon's Invasion Fleet. Uh, and then he played against Colin Watts's, I think it was Invasion Fleet as well. Uh, and then he played Quinton's uh, Battle Host, going first on several skulls. And then he played into Harpster's Warband. God damn it. He did manage to dodge Eldar then, most of the tournament, which is kind of nice. Yeah, he didn't play it until the semis. Yeah. And he played it in the most favorable configuration you could possibly ask for. Duck and wee. Any given Sunday. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Can't lose Eldar if you don't play Eldar. I mean, we, we've talked about this before. So there, There is an element of luck in winning an event, whether it be in pairings or dice. Yep. All right. But yeah, that's uh, that. We're going to keep an eye on the rest of it. Why don't we talk about some people's event wins and experiences from the weekend, especially since Ennis won a GT and Jeremy won a team's event. Jeremy, talk to us about the team event. Sure, I'll talk about it. Uh, So first off, this was using Old Marine Book uh, and then every other FAQ that had come out up until then, uh, including the updated WTC FAQ, which tweaked how big guns never tire, pistols, GSC, all of that work because may as well. Uh, they were all clarifications. Nothing actually fundamentally changed how the armies that were coming played. Aside from some Tyranid players who preferred to be able to overwatch once their monsters were in combat. <clears throat> um, so uh, this is uh, it's an Imperialist uh, team event in Montreal. Uh, these are a series of events that have been run over the last couple of years by Bruno Choquette. Uh, they are extremely fun events. Um, they're, they've been historically a little bit on the smaller side. The last one that we went to was 10 teams of five, uh, but this one was 18 teams of five. So there were 90 players in attendance, uh, three refs, I think, uh, that were helping run the event. Um, We were all packed into the officer's mess at one of the military uh, bases in Montreal. So fun times. Um, Makes for a really cheap bar because the officer's mess just runs on cost. 
but anyway, so yeah, we are, our team comp was heading into this. We decided to take Marines, so we took Dark Angels. We actually just took Innis's LGT uh, Invitational list. Uh, I messaged him as we were getting our team comp ready. I was like, would you make any changes to this list in going into a Teams event? And he said, as long as you can keep it away from Eldari, just vibe. And so that's what we did, mostly. Um, and then some minor war gear swaps because models. And then we had, so we had that, and for anyone not familiar, that uh, Anis's LGT Invitational was uh, the Deathwing Nightbrick with the captain, with a Terminator captain with Adept of the Codex, uh, uh, the Aggressor Bomb with the Avothecary Biologist sitting in a Land Raider Redeemer, and then three Ballistas Dreadnoughts and some random chaff for scoring. Yeah, it's not a lot of random chaff either. You get like no, it's a scouts and a squad of sniper scouts. Yeah, and a unit of infiltrators. Which gives you some extra screening. Uh, sure, and then the other members of our team was Francois was running his unending swarm list that he had uh, taken to Quebec City the week or two weeks previous and had finished second. Um, I don't think he made any tweaks to that before we submitted it. The list had been performing perfectly fine in testing. Frankly, a... how would you know? No one's ever successfully read that list and come away with any information from it. <laughs> <laughs> that list is uh, a hell of a mindfuck the first time that you play into it. Um, even it's I was a like, wall so... of text. Yeah, um, and it's just a wall of gods. It, it's a wall. Of, no, it's a wall of gargoyles backed up by a by a mass of gaunts that that follow yeah. behind them um so yeah so he, he brought that we had done a fair amount of testing we identified that it was a good teams list it definitely had some hard counters but we knew that since we're decent at pairings we can keep them away from those um chris was our captain he brought csm can't remember his exact list i'm pretty sure that's lanesha blitz so i'm gonna just move on from that <laughs> abaddon and native barriers is that actually what it was okay I wasn't paying attention to his list. I should have paid closer attention to it. Um, uh, then we had Tim Beatlifts running Eldari, uh, double fire prison, double night spinner, if I remember correctly, with the with the Incarn, uh, and then you know the usual garbage warp spiders and shadow specters. <laughs> I hate Eldari so much. Um, we can tell. I'm just tired of reading their lists. Please, people, take something else. Take something bad. Uh, some people play the Avatar Arcane still, so... It's true. Some people go double Avatar, and it's very funny to watch them sink 800 points into things that can't score. All right. Um, there was myself. brought the Leagues of O10 list that I had won my GT with two weeks previously. Um, is that five people? I think it's five people. It sounds, sounds like, like five. five people. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Uh, we had two relatively straightforward rounds. Um, we first defended every single round with Jason, um, who was playing the Dark Angels, um, and he just basically took a map that none of us wanted to play on and tried to grab a pairing that none of us wanted. Uh, in this particular case, it turned out to be Tau twice, Necrons twice, and Eldari once, uh, and he dropped nine differential points all weekend. All of them to Eldari. All of them to Eldari. <laughs> nice. <laughs> At least sure does yeah. run Ramshot through a list that's not prepared to get run out by Deathwing Knights. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the Tau players were just absolutely shell-shocked at what happened to them because they're like... Uh, actually, Jason did forget in the first game that his Deathwing Knights were minus one damage. It was like, how are these suits killing my knights? Oh. 
put four bottles back on the table go. <laughs> you are now killing more crisis suits than you are Deathwing Knights. Have fun. Um, so yeah, we first defended with him and he would just pull out a table and a, and a matchup that you know, the four of us didn't want. And then after that, it was depending on what was left would be what we would defend with second. Uh, round one, we were into Team Donjon 2, which is Donjon is, I mean, literally translates to Dungeon, but Donjon is a local Montreal team. Super, uh, super chill group, guys. Um, we've played variants of their team multiple times before at these previous team events. They uh, recently split their team. And I actually really appreciated what they did here is they took their usual core five and split into three and two. Uh, and then brought two new and three new players to kind of walk them through the team's process and build them up to, you know, build them into a second full-fledged Donjon team. So that bit was really cool to hear about. I talked with Valentin, Valentine, Valent, I think it's Valentin, a uh, fair bit. He's usually in chat. I'm surprised he hasn't poked his head in yet. Um, so yeah, we had we had fun with that round. Um, I can't remember the score, but we won. Uh, round two, we played into... Crap. I feel terrible because I can't remember their their team name. Oh, it was Imperialist Armored Core. Uh, Imperialist is a Montreal organization of players. Armored Core is one of their farm teams, essentially, or secondary teams. Um, again, led with Jason. He got, I think he got Necrons that round. Um, and then I, so round one, I played the Mirror, which was Botan on Botan. Uh, unfortunately, my opponent had a land fort and no warriors. Oh no. And we were playing supply drop. What did he have in his Sagittars? Uh Grimnirs. <laughs> he had three Sagittars with Grimnirs in them. I, I mean it. hero, but also that seems not great in supply drop. No, it was it was really not good in supply drop. He had even a Thunderkin with no Iron Master, and then he had two um Hearthguard units with calls, which that part was pretty nice. Uh unfortunately I went first and by the end of my Two, the only place that he could drop was my deployment zone. And because it was supply drop and I had just made all three middle objectives sticky, he scored zero primary the entire game. Ouch. Yeah. I do not uh, like supply drop. Yeah. Everyone loves supply drop. Uh, round Nobody. two, we played Ritual. Uh, I ended up into CSM. Um, this was the first of three CSM games I played this week, that weekend. Uh, and uh, I hate Ritual. Because I can't stop them from scoring primary as, as efficiently. Uh, oh, no. Ended up, what a shame. Yeah, it was, Terrible. it was frustrating. In the end, it was a 15-5 for me. Our team won the round. Um, again, can't remember the score. It was 65, I think, to 35. Um, one of the interesting things about this event is that they had decided that the draw would be a 48 to 52. And so a win would be 53 points, which is real tight as opposed to the usual 55 that I have played with in the past. Um, yeah, so we won that round. Round three, we went into uh, the first of our tougher matches, which was into Imperialists, which is or United, which is the main team. Uh, so this is the team that Bruno runs. Uh, John went to Russell, plays guard for them. And then they had three other players, Edouard, who uh, who came to us, who came with us to um, WTC as one of our coaches was there and then two other players, I think it was Jeremy and uh, Frank who were playing our Dark Angels list, your Dark Angels list, Ennis to the exact model and war gear that you had played <laughs> It's not even a good list It wasn't even a good list, guys 
<laughs> it did well. Uh, and then Frank was playing Anthony's World Eaters list. You're muted. Do you ever just feel like we're being copied, Anthony, and that it's I not just, fair? I just said oops. Uh, yeah, see everyone that played World Eaters after LGT, you fucks. I know. <laughs> I'm not I'm not at all surprised. Uh, I played into this, and I'll admit first, I misplayed this badly. I went first and gave him way too many charges. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I 100% misplayed this. I went first, I killed a whole bunch of shit, and then I looked at the board state and went, oops. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then on turn two, when I had the ability to bring in a whole bunch of stuff and I brought in a whole bunch of stuff, I killed almost nothing. Uh, and yeah. The great that. secret of world leaders is that your opponent will bounce one turn off the field, no pains and saves. There's always one turn where they're like, I'll kill exactly the rest now. Happened. Yeah. Mind you, eight bounder also pretty good when they hit on twos. Oh, well, the standard ones, not so much. <laughs> the 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 redskin boys do but yes uh, the, the regular, the regular <laughs> i too boys. i too noticed this brian is that it was the, yeah. the main team was four french people and frank <laughs> no you know what the best part is is his name is frank Lutzi. his name is spelled f-r-a-n-c-k Okay, so it's five of the most French names ever, and inclusive <laughs> of French pronunciation roles. Yes, yeah, yes. there was a French yeah. Jeremy on the team too. My favorite uh, that was the best so, illustration of French. Why do you guys French fight pronunciation to keep them? Being wild. Uh, they're culturally diverse. Taxes? Uh, <laughs> no, actually. <laughs> Maybe hydro. I don't know. Anyways, um, so I played badly. I, the game was starting to go south. Um, and Chris walked up and he said, we've won the round. And I always went, okay. And then just stopped. I just said, fine, kill me. Yeah. Cause I, I just wanted to go to bed. Um, I'll admit I had not slept well the night before. So round three, I was very much in the, uh, no, uh, round four, we played our, probably our heart, what would have been our hardest round of the event. Uh, if not for some extenuating circumstances, uh, we played into, uh, Nick Blackburn's vengeful spirits. Uh, on this team was also Cody. I don't think anyone here has played Cody. Um, yes, he was is the that, Dark Angels Dark player Angels that you Cody? played at. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that Cody. He except he was playing Eldari kids, please. Um, and then also on that team was friend of the show Dan Morris, owner of the Red Dragon, um, one of their local friends Steve, and then Zach Como, who was playing guard. Uh, their composition was quite good into us. And we were a little concerned, but we got the pairings that we wanted. Uh, and unfortunately, Dan was not feeling exceptionally great. Um, and I very, I went first and very quickly put him in a locker. And we just kind of talked out the end of that game because we just, we determined that the best he could score was a 19. Or sorry, a 1 to my 19. And that was on a re-rollable 9-inch charge. Nice. Um. So that round we won, and then round five, this was the one where I was actually a little sad about our pairings, because uh, coming into this event, there were three Ottawa teams. There was ourselves, Blunt Force, Trauma, there was Vengeful Spirits, and there was Big Dice Energy. Uh, I have played for all three of those teams now at various times. Uh, I was a founding member of Big Dice Energy back in 2021, and then I played for Vengeful Spirits in 2022, and obviously now I'm Blunt Force. And She's so climbing, climbing, doing the uh, 
climb to the point of incompetence ladder, right? Yeah, it's, basically. Just failing up. There's only better teams until you're the worst player on your team, you know? <laughs> the goal. I mean, got to get carried somehow. Um, so this round, we played, um, like I said, we played Big Dice Energy. They were the uh, third Ottawa team. Going into this event, we kept joking that we would take away the podium with all Ottawa teams, first, second, and third. Uh, and then all the Montreal teams would be below us. Uh, unfortunately, because we were playing into them, they were already on a, already on a loss. This wasn't possible. Uh, so we paired into them. Um, they, by now, had realized that pairing me into CSM was a bad idea. And then they did it because they thought that they could throw uh, Alice, who's a good friend of mine, uh, on the grenade, and the rest of the team would get some better pairings. Unfortunately, that meant their Necrons went into our Dark Angels, who we've already seen how that goes. Um, our CSM went into their Votan, which, but their Votan had a bad weekend, so. And then uh, Nick's rather unorthodox, but really interesting Necron list ended up into Tim Zeldari. Um, so we got, again, the pairings that we wanted, and Francois got into their Orcs, uh, which, as they both were walking away from the table, they said, this is going to be the hardest 10-10 we've both played for. Uh, the their orcs was very similar to the orcs that America and us and I think it was just the two of us that brought to WTC and then the archetype even seeing a lot more just a whole bunch of trash and trucks. Um, <laughs> Francois flipped that game on its head uh, and turned it into an 18-2 by basically charging and shooting nonstop and killing boys because he discovered that unlike pretty much every other stat profile in the game, gaunts chew through boys really fast because they're twin linked and boys don't have much of an armor save. And I bet this game is the reason why Francois decided to stop playing it is because this game definitely gave him RSI. <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> uh, hilariously, continuing what had happened two weeks ago in Quebec City, uh, it was every single one of Francois' opponents that were short on time, not Francois. Because you just spend so much time rolling your own dice and also with the decision paralysis. I think it was his round two opponent just stared at the board for 15 minutes not knowing what to do. No, it was round one. Could we put him into Thousand Suns and the Thousand Suns player just come out? What <laughs> do I do? do not have the bullets to kill you. <laughs> Forward. <laughs> yeah. Not backwards. Just go straight. Uh, yeah, so we won that round uh, securing the event. Um, we keep joking that we should show up like Michael Phelps at one of the next events because we've now won three of the three that we've showed up to. Um, and I've said this once and I'll say it again. I look forward to the time that we go there and we get crushed because it means that that scene has grown and has built themselves up to the point where they genuinely pose um, that they, you know, they're really good. <laughs> he said lying through his teeth. <laughs> no, I actually do. I want to lose. Um we experienced this back in June when we went to Gridding Demon Prime. We lost in the four, in the second to last round to the team that ended up winning the tournament because they put in the prep work against us and we did not. And we got served for our hubris. Nice. And it was, uh, to me, a really good... Uh, what's the word? A good experience in that sense because it's like, yeah, we can't just cruise. It was also the two weeks before the end of, ten, end of ninth and no one cared, so kind of was hard there, to get a team to actually put in work was there anything you'd change about what you brought for the next team event well i mean the next team event uh, marine oaths will change so the dark angels gladius list is still pretty good mind you into the comp that we were ready that we were getting that we knew we were going into that list bounces hard off necrons if you don't have one girls 
that makes it really hard to pair for. Yeah, I guess. You'd probably just replace it with an Iron Storm list, to be honest. Because that list is just nasty. It's also way simpler to play and doesn't require any basically requires no pairing resources besides like keep it away from the one bad matchup it probably has on each team. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, The Votan, I mean, I'm going to another team event this upcoming weekend in Saskatoon, the Western Canadian Team Championships with a completely different team. It's so far away. (laughs) It really is. I I think I'm going to spend six hours on a plane getting there and still feel like I've gone nowhere. (laughs) I mean, that Um, is most of Canada, yes. To step off the plane into Canada instead of, like, London. (laughs) Uh, I think I actually spend the exact same amount of time in the That's air. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If I to go. <laughs> or very close. Is it further yeah. than WTC? I think it's an hour less on the plane because WTC was seven hours, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, but it's damn close. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm playing with uh, Riley Trombley, who played with us at WTC this year. Uh, nice. John Kilcullen from Goonhammer. And then uh, one of Riley and John's friends, uh, Garrett Olson, who has applied for Team Canada this year. So it's going to be a pretty good inter- uh, time. Uh, the changes that I've made to my list is I've dropped a unit of Thunderkin, uh, a single Sagittar, an Iron Master, and added in 10 more Hearthguard and another call. Uh, is this because... your diplomat's journey to Western Canada? To be this like, hey, we're actually not biased, I Western promise. Canada. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I have, I have for, the, for the last year or so said I want to be more connected and more aware of what's going on in western canada guys he's running for office he's doing the tour (laughs) (laughs) don't worry don't worry when i go to bc i'll leave them the salmon salute and they'll be very happy the salmon salute definitely sounds like a sex move i'm not gonna lie (laughs) it does it does (laughs) jeremy's gonna find out it is more we'll know exactly what that is are you gonna throw a salmon is that what it is no um all right i'll give i'll give the context ask got it yeah, I have a small present for the chat, I think. I don't know how I feel about this. Um, why don't you explain oh, what it's yeah. Oh, boy. Big he's so excited dog. to be on the podcast. There's like, he's, the best. No, he's so happy about this. And Dude, he's so big. <laughs> that he's dog so makes Ennis look small, by the way. Like in real life, when you see it, it doesn't even make sense. Large dog. Is happy. Uh, so the salmon arm salute uh, is like a forty-year-old story now. Um, but it was I just when... heard a knocking at the door. <laughs> <laughs> there was one one of our previous prime ministers, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, not the the father of our current prime minister um, Trudeau, uh, was leaving Salmon Arm out in BC, and uh, his uh, there were a bunch of protesters who had. I can't remember exactly what their issue was, but they basically showed up to um, protest him. And uh, he, apparently he was having a bad day because his uh, he just did this as he was leaving. Ah, And so that was dubbed the Salmon Arm Salute. Okay, there you go. That's way better. That's way not as funny, but also funny at the same yeah. time. I mean, we also have the, the Shawinigan handshake here. This is how I Which, know that Minnesota is very is... similar to Canada because uh, the names of all of our things are very similar. <laughs> <laughs> the Schwinnigan handshake was when, uh, again, former Prime Minister, in this case, Jean Chrétien, uh, put both of his arms around a protester's neck. We just, that's what we have the police for. The yeah, politicians don't have to get involved. Our politicians just do it themselves. Yeah. The Mountie'd have to get off a police horse to do it. 
Just it's 100% a sex move. Um, yep, 100% is. All right. Your arms All right, Ines, do you want to talk about your GT win with Chaos? Queen no, Queens? I don't think I can follow that. All right, we're going to just go right into show quit. <laughs> do the plugs, Ines. No, I'll very, very briefly touch on... No, um, I, I talked about my GT during the opening. It's fine. It was a 30-person GT. It was it was great fun. The guys put on a good show. It was cool to win it with um, Chaos Space Marines, but it wasn't super, like... It wasn't anything particularly like massively notable. Um, it was just a fun event. It was a great time, but it was a local GT. I'm, I'll, I'll give my one my favorite thing about the event. The top four tables are in a different room, and it's so much quieter, except during lunch, because that's where lunch is. So then I went through to the other tables and sat there and read a book, because I was a little overwhelmed. <laughs> Good tournament. Had a great time. Um, during the entirety of lunch, Brian kept putting stuff on my book, because he was like a cat that needed to be entertained and would not let me sit and read. Uh, he had to at all times be entertained despite the fact that there were like six other people in the room with us though must harass at us yep that sounds right man is a giant cat it's incredible i love him um, <laughs> um no i will very quickly do the plugs so thank you everybody for being with us so far for episode 66 aren't storming the matter if you're enjoying the show please do feel feel free to leave a like a comment a subscription a review on whatever your podcast type of choices all that good stuff it helps us with that time with discoverability and getting to do even more of the stuff that we love to do uh please do check out all of the cool other things that we're doing on the network that's x and one and into the matrix this is an x and one week so in two days time as of our current recording it will be the next episode of x and one which i believe tim and cliff are going to be going through the new um christmas battle forces and talking about how you can make armies from them what kind of cost savings they get and all that kind of stuff so it should be a super interesting episode if you're you know looking to get started on competitive play with one of those armies or looking to expand like the things that you play for that besides that x and one uh that's x and one end of the matrix just did their most recent one on the french team qualifier and that came out last wednesday that i believe just went on podcast apps now and the next one for that should be in probably it should be in a week's time uh wednesday as of the time of speaking <sighs> If you are interested in supporting the show in any way, shape, or form, you can check out Patreon, patreon.com slash statcheck. $5 a month gets you access to all of our awesome Discord backstage stuff, including the Team League. We've just launched off the Vicek League with 21 teams of five players. So we have 105 people playing in our uh, our Team League. I could not get turned to keep it working until I added buy players. I finally figured it out. It just wouldn't let me do it. It won't auto-populate a buy. You have to manually add a player to do a buy with. 2010 software kicked my ass for about an hour while I figured that out. <laughs> it was great. Um... But yeah, that's all sorted now. So we have a thousand dollars Canadian prize pool for that because frankly, Red Dragon are far too generous. Speaking of which, if you're a part of that patron, you'll also get a 20% discount code to red-dragon.ca, where you can also see all of the cool stuff like our merchandise is upcoming soon coming, our mats. We'll also have uh dice coming back in stock before Christmas, I'm pretty sure was the, the thing on that. So yeah, those red dash hard. Those mats go super hard. Red-dragon.ca for that. Saltar Games on Etsy is where you can see all of the things like our Ultimate Moment tokens, Battleshock tokens, wound counters, all that kind of stuff. Um, little like widgets for measuring coherency and deep strike and all that sort of stuff. That's Saltar Games on Etsy. Um, if you're interested in improving your own personal gameplay, check out stat-check.com slash coaching or drop us an email at coaching at stat-check.com if you're looking for help from either myself or Typhus in terms of getting better at any aspect of 40k, whether that's a beginner, a newcomer, whether you want to help for your list for Atlanta, I promise there's only a little bit of conflict of interest there. Um, whatever you're looking for, we can provide. Um, so do check that out. Anything else? Uh, if you're coming to the Cali Cup and you've not considered coming along to the classes that Anthony and I are running on the Thursday, please do check it out. We would love to have you along. We recently did drop the prices on those to try and get some more numbers in because it would be awesome to have people along. Uh, check that out on Eventbrite. The link should be in the description. Um, 
Tomsi Hardos at Cali Cup. Check out the Cali Cup stream where there will be a um, stat check panel running on it. We're not 100% sure exactly what quality it's going to take yet, um, but Nathan will, Nathan and Jeremy will be doing a bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff on that, which should be super cool. I'll actually let them chat a tiny bit about it at the end of this. Um, I think that's all I've got. I don't think I've forgotten anything. If I have, it clearly was only kind of probably important. Jeremy, Nathan, do you want to tell us a little bit about, Cali, about the Cali Cup stat stuff that you're planning on doing? Sure. So I'll be the voice and Jeremy's going to do some back end stuff for us. And basically I'm going to do a bunch of stats readings for you on a round by round basis where we're going to talk kind of about interesting things that are coming and going, uh, some of the top performers and stuff like that. And I will be performing kind of a similar function to what we did with the WTC desk, but more focused on the stats stuff that I was doing. So I will be the voice of stats for the Cali Cup on a live basis, which will be fun. Uh, me and Jeremy will probably do some random bullshittery kind of things where we add like who brought the most of something or something like that. I don't know. We'll do some random nonsense. It'll be fun because what is the fun of statistics if we don't just make up some shit and make you all listen to me say it yeah so that's it watch the stream i'll be there it'll be fun yay i don't know what else to do with that segment so there you go we'll do some good fun things with it um this is very much experimental on our side um you know kind of learning going off of what we learned at wtc but uh yeah i'm excited i'm excited to work with the dxpz boys uh excited to unfortunately follow from home i can't make the trip myself but i will be doing my best to keep everyone as up to date as i am it'd be fun we promise and now sure. questions there are actually a lot this week which was part of why mm -hmm. i tried to hustle us through a little bit there aren't a lot in youtube chat so youtube chat get on that um show questions if you want to ask a question and have it answered on the show the ways to do it are to join the patreon and ask them in the show questions thread that is an in our show questions channel otherwise we will look at and talk about every single uh super chat and if i see a question in chat i will try to have it answered but i make no promises if it's not super chatted because i'm it's hard to highlight those sometimes but we're going to start with discord questions uh that one guy john has the first question, which is, is Innis broken? Question mark. What data-driven nerfs can GW implement to nerf the Innis menace? <laughs> Jeremy, what do you think? Um, Innis cannot put both hands on the table at any point, or he has a 10-point battle point penalty. <laughs> Each time. Let <laughs> <laughs> the gorilla arms happen. Also, Innis, you might be muted. I don't know. No, I no. just didn't want to make noise. Oh, okay. Like, okay. Kind of, was, I was just like, that was just, <laughs> just making sure. You never know. Our tech is vaguely ad for prayers and spirits. Uh, Terry yeah, asked your next question, which is. Oh. I mean, that would destroy his free time. So that might actually work. Yeah, but that's happen. Oi. <laughs> Uh, Terry asks, all in the spirit of Halloween. So we have four questions. First, what is your favorite Halloween Halloween candy? Not question. <laughs> God. Uh, uh, rockets. Starburst. Rockets must rockets? be a Canadian candy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Hold on a second. They sell missiles on Halloween in Canada. That sounds, what the uh, fuck? That sounds far yeah, that sounds more, like American. more American. Thing. Yeah. 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 Do you not? Yeah, I, lo I love a good Iron Brew chew and uh, yeah, 
Okay, so <laughs> all right, this is a fun one. Some you know them as smarties. Oh, except smarties here are candy coated chocolate. Yeah, that's, that's smarties are here different. as well. Yeah, I well, I, yeah, they're between here and the UK, things are actually pretty similar in terms yeah. of candies. Uh, but yeah, we call them What's rockets a US because smarty? it's um, like a disc of sugar, basically. Yeah. It's it's a sugar. Are they like a flying saucer? No, oh, they're like they're little, like, just uh, it's really yeah. tiny. Yeah, it, it's actually a concave, like it's a little puck that's concave on both sides, and they're colored different colors, and they're just basically packed sugar. Yeah, yeah they have like the they're kind of chalky. Of... They're they're tasty. Yeah. I was gonna say they have the same texture as chalk. Yeah, I kind of. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, like parmavirus. So like, yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. We're good. We're good. I, right. I have co-op. I, it's like, a, like the Mars Bar Milky Way controversy every time that I remember about. It, it drives <laughs> me nuts. <laughs> yeah, if everyone wants to go on a trip, look up British, Canadian, and American sweets and figure out what is what. What is the worst Halloween candy you received when trick-or-treating? Candy I got corn. a toothbrush once. That's not uh, candy. Actually, but no, I yeah, I got toothbrush. one of those little like flossing How picks. How do you people remember going trick-or-treating? I've not been trick-or-treating in like... 15 years and I genuinely yeah, been like 30 have years for absolutely me. no idea like what uh, I could, couldn't tell you a single it, thing it, that it's happened gotta be trick butterscotch trick. right that old people ass candy no that's uh oh sorry those are Werther's originals Werther's originals I, yeah, I yeah. would be <laughs> thrilled to get some Werther's those originals. are amazing I love those we have like second tier Werther's originals basically that they give you that aren't even Werther's originals Werther's originals are okay <laughs> you're about to go candy corn is like the Werther's worst candy though that you could ever get in your Halloween candy stash Toothbrush is the one that I remember the most. I remember <laughs> being offended by the toothbrush. Yeah. Uh, what is your best? House. What is your best Halloween costume you wore for trick or treating under parties? I have a whole stormtrooper armor set that goes with that helmet, and I've been in a parade with it. So yeah, I thought that was a kink thing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it does have it does have a lot of straps, bud. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You can't miss that shot, though. That's ah! no. <laughs> well, actually it's rather important that you miss that shot, isn't it? Like, unless you want to get there. Anyway, well, um, there's lots of sh there's lots involved. With I'm that. sorry I brought it up, guys. Let's, Let's move on. <laughs> What's the worst Halloween costume you have all seen? Um, the worst Halloween costume. I don't know, man. There's a lot of like things um, that are sexy that probably don't need to be sexy. Um, I think I saw stuff. like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sam so asked, no one was going to say that? Come on! Our, our Lemon, current prime minister in blackface. Yeah. Those, all those are Sorry, not blackface, but... Never do. Yes. Those are the worst Halloween costumes. The ones that are actually offensive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Sam Lemon asks, you've all been assigned to help promote the WTC to new heights and as such are going to follow in the footsteps of the never controversial Olympic Games. <laughs> Question number one: What would the choose FIFA? What would the WTC mascot be for 2024? A Belgian waffle? No, no, uh, it's in no. Belgium, so it's going to be the little boy peeing. Oh, <laughs> it's Liam VSL falling over somewhere. <laughs> it's going to be the canals somehow that you're not supposed to swim in. That's Liam VSL falling in the canal with a with a with a big old Belgian beer in his hand. That, I was going to say a you. giant mug of beer somehow that would have to be involved because <laughs> that's the WTC. He's falling story. into the beer canal. There we go. Yeah, there you go. And it's May. full of people giving each other weirdly long hugs. That's. <laughs> 
Question number two, what activities would take place during either the opening and or closing ceremony of the WTC? There's already kind of that. Like, the teams come in. There's a lot of cheering and I stuff like that. I would like the old tug-of-war contests to come back. That's all I'm saying. Oh, man, we would smash that. You got Mork back again? No, there's just 20 of us. <laughs> you no, get the eight players. You're going to get but... your eight. Oh, then, yeah, then it's, then it's touch and go. Ah, this year will be all right. I mean, would Anthony's feet touch the ground holding the rope? Yeah, I would just be in the front. What are you, new? <laughs> just picture him dangling between the two people at the front. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Number three is what would the WTC theme song be? Each country would get a theme song, obviously. Come on. Yeah, come on. We, we might be bringing a piper this year, so that's the goal. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> I love it. Everything about that is amazing. We, we might have a coach who happens to have, uh, who happens to play bagpipes. So we're, we're oh, seeing yeah. if we can make it happen. Is it the small funny one? No. <laughs> he might be playing first this year. Oh, fair. All right. Uh, okay. Preston asks, which one of the winter boxes is each host? We are all yeah, world leaders on this blessed one. day. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just wants to be the world leaders one because it's the best, but that's mine. Yeah, the world leaders box is goals. It's true. I mean, I like the Votan one because the Votan one has actually like good variety and has things, with the exception of the land fort, that you'll use. If you staple the battle force with the like combat patrol, isn't that just like a Votan army? That's a discount. That's like, I think it's like twelve hundred points now because of how much the points went down on everything. Find out more on this week's Exxon one. Next, it's true. <laughs> I'm probably going to buy the Terranids battle force, but I so don't need more hive tyrants. So. It's the weirdest box because it, all the sculpts in that box are amazing, but the utility of the box is not super great. It's just like I don't have, I didn't buy any of the new infantry stuff. I could use a second Norn, but I own 13 Hive Tyrants. That is so we many. I can't have an tyrants. unlucky number of them. Well, one of them is the Swarm Lord. It doesn't really count. And the only one I want, I don't have the, the Winged Fortrolled one. I only have that guy on foot. So that's the oh. only Hive Tyrant that no. I have. Just to make that. one. I, I bought him. I have the wings, but I built him as a walking one because I needed a walking one, and I wasn't. I was just like, oh, I'll just build. And now I can't find another one. I'm like, which is yeah, Sean, the, Sean has the winged one. one. I saw it in person when we were at it's his. It's so uh, pretty, dude. That's it's cool so one. sick. Why did they stop making them like that? What are we doing? Such a better sculpt. All right. The next question is from Sean, and then in parentheses it just says army, <laughs> which I'm not sure if that means he's in the army or not. But maybe dude's, of... a guard, dude's considering whether he should play guard or not for his next tournament. Don't do it. Was, it's fair. just from a wide collective of Sean's. There you go. It's the army of Sean's all asking this question. General question for the lads. I'm attending a charity tournament that allows Legends units. I was thinking of bringing in Achilles or Contemptor with twin-linked Volkite for Dev Wound's goodness. Uh, what Legends unit would you bring? Any army. I've never looked at the Legends stuff. So I do Anthony, not. you would Whatever. bring a Greater Brass Scorpion. Okay. That's what I would Whatever actually the take because that model you can is use awesome. the Nurgle Strat on. <laughs> oh, the, the stupid big the stupid super plane, right? That works. Yeah. I do love the Greater Brass Scorpion so much, though. That model is fucking amazing. And it's terrible that it's got put into legends. <laughs> Alex Tau CSM Falch and make it Nurgle. Yeah. There you go. Uh McWerp says, Happy birthday, Ines. How old are you? I am 27, and I would like to go back to the previous question. Sure. Um, Volkai Contemptor with Mercy's Weakness. Hmm? <laughs> Bring it back. Sure. 
Again, all over again. Oh. We're just right back to Mercy's so, weakness. So let, let me again. so let me recount what that would give you. If you're shooting someone below your starting strength, so like a vehicle who had lost a wound or a unit that had lost a model, you would get crits on fives. If you're standing next to the tech marine, which you're always going to be, you get lethals, and then you get sustained. And then your guns yeah. are twin linked. Yeah. And then you do cool. the moment. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and you just reroll for flex. <laughs> Awesome. I love it. So many explodes. Uh, second question from McWerp is, new Marines this week appear to have had a bad win rate, but a bunch of placings and event wins. Is the new book bad or good? Yep. Both. It, it's Come back point, after Atlanta and we'll let you know. It's 0.5% different than the summed Marine win rate from the previous stuff, so it's probably the same. It's real good in non-codex hands. It's going to go through a bunch of experimentation and people are going to try and figure out how to make different variants of it work. And then eventually there will be a couple of builds that will come out of it that are fairly solved. And those will be the ones that are good. For now, I would be looking at things like Dark Angels and Blood Angels Ironstorm, Black Templars Ironstorm, um, Ironstorm Ultramarines, Ironstorm, um, Ironstorm, Iron, Iron, the episode name, Iron. Storm. <laughs> the next question is from JS, the a, the a usual Canadian. Um, is there anything more satisfying than throwing four grenades at the incarn and watching it disappear? No. Throwing four grenades in Typhus. <laughs> I think more satisfying would be throwing two grenades at the incarn and killing it. Killing it in tank shock with a transport. <laughs> killing it with oh, grenade, right. then tank shock from a land raider. <laughs> that reminds me, round five of my team event, um, I shot at a 10-man chosen unit with a detached lord with the hearthguard, uh, picked up everything, and the lord was left on three wounds, and the lord made all of the saves afterwards, and I was getting a little concerned that that lord was going to still be around, uh, so I charged it with a Sagittar and killed it with tank shock. Nice. Disrespectful. Barry. Uh, <laughs> he got run over by the wheels. The next question is from Andrew M. Any thoughts on how to make Drukari a bit more competitive? What sort of detachment rule do you think would help? I mean, make their melee units not shit. That would help. Make the Coven units actually tanky would also be nice. I don't know. Maybe the Coven detachment would just be everything gets a better feel no pain or something. I don't know, man. Army wide advance and charge? That, yeah, that, no, that, that'd, be, that'd be crazy. Maybe improve all the invulnerable saves back to a 5-up invuln at least. I don't know, Both man. There's so much stuff. Both codexes that come out have access to conditional or unlimited army-wide advance and charge. There is no reason to think that that won't continue with every other book. It's going to be just... Just put, just put ninth power from pain in one of the detachments. Please. No, because power from... they get you got to give it a different name now. Combat drugs. from suffering. There you call go. It, call it combat <laughs> drugs. You just get more drugs as you go. Um... No, no, give, make, make it so that they roll uh, 11 dice and they get to choose two or three of those sets of dice to give them a round-by-round round bonus. Blood for the, the blood god and power from pain drugs together. For the drug drugs for the drugs god. They there all need Slanesh. We, just, we just call it for Komorok. <laughs> sure. Okay. John... I think it's pronounced Komora, but okay. Yeah. Uh, to be like Sodom and Gomorrah, probably, yes. Yeah, um, probably. If, if there's anything in the lore that's close to Gomorrah. <laughs> it's Gomorrah, yeah. All right, that one guy, John, says, please defend candy corn as the best Halloween candy. That's not a question, so we're not going to do it. Will asks, 
could you what, what is candy corn i don't it's don't like answer the question but like, well they'll give you candy. some at cali cup because it's a week after halloween it's there the day after halloween is when we land mm-hmm. cool sorry there'll be lots of candy corn uh will ask could you achieve more distance by kicking or hammer throwing a nurgle nurgling not a nurgle not the whole thing I would, say hammer, I would say every... hammer throwing, and the reason for that is I think when you kick it, it would just spletch everywhere. I like the sound effect for that. Oh, you like can't comic it. book style. Spletch. I, I th- I kicking? I would say kicking, but only because I don't trust myself to hammer throw it forwards. I'm not sure if that would count against me. Oh, actually, the centrifugal force could actually just rip it apart as well. Yeah. I yeah, imagine getting splattered with nurglings like above your head. At least if it's down there, it's on your feet. It's like, like... a wet paper bag holding in goop. You spin it in a circle, right. the paper bag rips, the goop goes. Guys, out. guys, guys. <laughs> All right. Preston asks, could you walk us first time captains through the pairing process or point us to a resource? Thanks. Uh, I, uh, I think End of the Matrix have done a couple of yep. episodes on this. End of the Matrix have done both five man and eight man pairings. There you go. Uh, they the article the the episodes are actually titled five man pairings and eight man pairings. So go check out the five man pairings episode with Typhus because uh, they were talking. Was it the ITT? No, that sounds right. It was it might one have been of Alpine. the big. It might have been Alpine, but they were talking about one of the bigger five man team events and how they approached pairings. They also talked about how they approached lifts comps, which is a little late for most of you, but can help in the future rounds of five check league since we are not. It is called Enter the Matrix five man teams teams pairings process deep dive and if you're one of the next three people to watch it you could be the thousandth person to watch it so <laughs> go do that there you go uh war t- war boss autark ben asks in honor of Innes's birthday what are your hosts go-to birthday meals what type of cake do you finish it with so meal and dessert you just start uh i like going to the argentinian steakhouse and getting essentially the same steak platter that i got with alex taos when he was here but eating it myself um and then i like key lime pie and like lemony based desserts basically so like a lemon custard cake is like my favorite kind of dessert or an all else fails an oreo themed dessert there you go jeremy uh local restaurant taj it's an indian restaurant butter chicken nice and simple but there it is so good uh and then i'm actually a real simple guy when it comes to cake just a nice vanilla cake with a chocolate frosting on it alex is currently yelling at nathan what the fuck we couldn't finish that together across two sittings how do you do this in one <laughs> i don't know man birthday's a special let's go uh, and I imagine that Nathan is not even approximating sober when he takes that steak platter down. I also might be like a couple edibles deep or something. So that's you know, what I'm saying. saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anthony, you're up. Birthday uh, dinner and dessert. The in an ideal world, it's the steak place that both Innes and Jeremy have been to at this point. Um, oh yeah, that place is amazing. Yeah, that place slam jams. Um, <laughs> And then dessert-wise, that place also makes dope desserts, so I just do it all in one go. Nice. Reasonable. See, I'm more of like a... I don't really do like going out for dinner or stuff like that. There's not... It's not really been a thing. But like a nice home steak. But we had we had um, mashed potatoes and uh, sausages today. It was really good. And then nice. I'm generally like... Whatever cake has the most icing on it, I'm a big... Just like... I like fondant icing. It's, oh, you're one of those. I don't... It's like outside of birthday, 
won't touch it but for today i just want whatever's got the most of that if it's got like weird little bits on the side that are like in the shape of like horns or you know like decoration bits that are more fun icing that's what i want preferably like uh, don't really mind if it's chocolate or like vanilla or whatever but something something hearty meat something like that and then cake with icing does me perfect what about edible ball bearings no thank you what are you talking about those little sugar spheres that are like really they're like, oh, yeah fine, but they're better on like ice cream or something <laughs> i would rather have them on like ice cream than cake i mean you don't have like a nice scoop of like vanilla bean ice cream with your cake no no you just have the cake on a napkin that you eat at the sofa while the dog watches jealously because he's already had his bit that's uh see i do it with a, with, a, with like two scoops of vanilla and then put the plate out for the cats to lick oh man i I know people like to throw like their cake in the microwave for like 30 seconds to like make it nice and hot and then put I the ice cream with it. So you get like a kind of nice melty ice cream, hot chocolate kind of vibe from the cake. I feel like 30, <laughs> seconds, feel like 30 seconds is a long time. To put Not like 30 there. seconds, like 10 <laughs> seconds. Like really, realistically, like, you're just like giving it a quick zap, bud. I, I just frisbee my cake in the microwave for 30 seconds. It just explodes. I'm like, oh, well, you know. <laughs> Oh, uh, all right. What is Innes's favorite treat slash drink? When we end up in spoons on Friday, will Innes commit to posting his table number for the community to buy him said treat slash drink? I he fucking better. I <laughs> someone at that table. Well, will. If we end up in a spoons, but I can't promise where we're going to end up on Friday, because um, I genuinely don't. I've never been out in Nottingham before. I don't really know what the scene is like. But That's I've been told it's good things. Party day, so you better end up in the spoons. I'll do my best. Um, as for what my favorite is, I am a big fan of a vodka and coke, but I won't say no to like pretty much anything that's not got sambuca or absinthe. I will drink. So, yeah. <laughs> and honestly, the absinthe is only sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Is Jeremy your little butter chicken? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Damn it, Eric. <laughs> See now we need to find out what Tim, <laughs> Tim, uh, Tim and Nathan and Typhus Pumba and Cliff, uh, Cliff, Cliff, what they are. Because I hope they're all steak boys too, <laughs> and it's just eight steak boys and little butter chicken. <laughs> uh, all right, we're gonna keep going. Oh, Stash man, X shirt is gonna be a little butter chicken when we eventually um, get them done, Jeremy. <laughs> Griggs asks, uh, could you give a list for, uh, we might not do a list for each of the three space marine detachments, but maybe we can give a quick, quick summary of the units that would go in them. Uh, let's talk about Ironstorm, Firestorm, and Gladius and kind of the units you would put in those armies, right? In those Whirlwinds right and, so for yeah. all of them, it's Whirlwinds and, and then let's figure out what the and is. Ironstorm, it's Redemptors, probably Ballistas, and probably some form of Gladiator. Dude, I think the like Ballistas have been dog shit in testing, haven't they? I feel like everyone yep, talking to that starts terrible. with them, takes them out. Yeah, but they're dirt cheap, and they are but a fuck ton of wounds to pull through. They're dirt cheap and dirt cheaply terrible. Put better units in, guys. Yeah, they just don't do anything. It's been the read that I've had on them. Like, they're Plasm just not... Plasma, plasma Inceptors and Firestorm. Plasma Inceptors. I mean, Plasma Inceptors, and, you just start with, like, two squads of Plasma Inceptors, two squads of Skies, and a squad of Infiltrators, and all those attachments, and you won't be upset. Yeah. Um, yep. And two to three Whirlwinds. Tim, Tim's a steak boy. Sorry, Jeremy. I mean, I could have told you that. Come on. Yeah, we, we knew, but... I feel like Cliff <laughs> is also going to be a steak boy. I won't lie. Oh. 
Cliff might be like is... a vegan steak boy. Like no, 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 no. After I know he's after Bacchanal, he's definitely a steak boy. The uh, I need Tim to look at Instagram when he has a minute because I sent him the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life, and it's in Miami. It is a restaurant that serves a beef case. They come over to you with like oh, a they fucking, sing in life. <laughs> yes, yeah, they, yeah, they open it and there's a fucking steak. It's the dumbest shit of all time, and I need to do it. <laughs> definitely, a hundred percent. All right, next is Scott M. who says, how is the faction win rate decided when multiple attachments exist within a book, each with individual win rates? Once we have the data to talk about detachments, we will talk about detachment-based data. Hold on, Ben. Why do you know how much the beefcase costs? <laughs> <laughs> that's Shay's Ben. That's Shay's Ben you're talking about. Ben knows all things about the restaurant industry. Well, anyway, I, you're um, not wrong. The way at the moment, if you go into the data dashboard, if you click, if you look on the right, you can see individual win rates by detachment already. If you go into one, it'll show you the win rates by them. So, so I think broadly, it'll be higher. I think this is a higher level we'll question. Actually, Scott level. is asking how the overall faction win rate is determined, and the overall faction win rate is quite simply how many games has that faction played, and then how many games have they won, how many have they lost, how many have they drawn, and then yes. win rate is games won with half of their draws divided by their total number of games played. That's win rate for any particular faction, for any particular sub-faction. Um, so if you look up and you see, you know, Marines have seven different detachments right now for Codex Marines. We don't take the win rate of each one of those detachments and then average it across to get a faction win rate. We just take the number of games that that army has played. Keeps it from being skewed too heavily by one or also just, you know, being too skewed the other way. Uh, which is always why you want to look at sub-faction win rates, in this case, detachment win rates. Uh, because as we saw in last edition, sometimes Iron Hands are dog shit, and then their one good sub-faction is amazing. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I don't think you actually can bring meat from the United States to most of mainland Europe. I don't think. We could probably figure out acquiring the things to make beef case. In Europe, yes. Right? It's, it's just so funny. There are a couple of really good like meat restaurants in uh, Mechelen that you could probably like if you were to be able to, if you were to translate it properly to them. Bring your own beefcase. He just wants to bring the vibe. He wants to bring the vibe of beefcase. I understand. Okay. I don't care about the steak inside the beefcase. I just want a restaurant full of people to sing the word beefcase at me while they display my stupid nonsense. Charges on the door behind me again, and I feel very bad for it, but I'm not letting him in again. One second. The next question is from Derek. Uh, does Innis like his birthday? And if he's if he does, did he have a good birthday this year? I'm broadly fairly ambivalent on my birthday. It's mostly just the day. I'm you know it's not really like a thing I really put a lot of stock into. But yeah, I've had a good day. Uh, it's been I've been busy, I've been working, but um, nothing bad. Good. Nice. Press. Preston's question is, what the hell is going on with Drukari? Uh, it's a small number of people, and they had a good weekend. Congratulations, Drukari. Yeah, we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. Maybe they finally figured it out. I will say that this weekend, there were a lot of Void Raven bombers, so maybe that's the trick. Just the one good data sheet in that book. Jesus Christ, Duda. All right. Uh, how do you guys like Duda's new Eldar list for this weekend's sizable teams event in Poland? All right, let's that? read the list for everyone. Okay, I got it open. Let me let me drum a drum. So it's an Autark Wayleaper with the Phoenix Gem, Fuegan, the Visark, the Incarn, a Troopmaster with Fate's Messenger, Yvrain, 
a wave serpent, two falcons, five fire dragons, a night spinner, three shard runners, five swimming hawks, 11 players, five players, and five players. What? You lost the bet. That's all I got. Also, somebody's alarming. That's Anna in a different room. Okay. And Brian yeah. is one hundred percent right. I absolutely, I absolutely love like being able to do things for my birthday, but the actual day itself isn't super like. I like the justification, not the day itself. That's more mm -hmm. of a. Yeah, a good enough reason. Um, I don't know what to think of that list because it's very weird. It's a very strange. I'm going list. to not think about that list. It's yeah. okay. I don't. We're gonna have go to the next part of Typhus's next part of Typhus's question thought stream, which is if Brian's betrayal of the Scottish WTC team was to be portrayed as a historic betrayal, which would you compare it to? Judas and Christ. Brutus and Caesar, Guy Fox and England. Uh, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I like Brutus and Caesar just because I, I think that's the funniest one. Where'd we lost Boys, Benedict Arnold. <laughs> no, Benedict no. Arnold. Arnold. Oh. No, Braveheart and whoever it was that betrayed him. Hmm. Mel Gibson? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, He's American, right? Is now. Bryant has a question for Anthony. What tips would you give to a World Eaters player going second in general? Um, uh, and then do you have any specific tips going into gunline armies like Tau, Chaos Space Marines, and Eldar? I would recommend posting up in the middle as much as possible and setting up in deployment so that your scout moves can take you to safe places, even if you go, uh, specifically if you go second. Uh, because you don't need to scout into safety going first. You scout into danger, actually. Um, the I mean, that's most of it. Like, World Eaters isn't actually a particularly aggressive army, like, 80% of the time. You're doing a lot of, like, I'm going to stand behind these walls, and if you get anywhere close to these walls, I'm going to kick you until you stop moving. But the most of the time, as World Eaters, it's just like, all right. We are in the center. We are behind the walls. There's nothing else to do. Draw some cards and let it ride. So you're less trying to like kill your opponent and more trying to just control space. Yeah, and I mean, you do that super effectively. And if they let you charge their home field, sweet. But probably not. Uh, Griggs has more questions. Um, I'm new to the game and playing Space Marines. Every month since the 10th launched, there's a different box slash boxes that I should have three of or six of in order to keep up with the meta. I cannot keep up. I'm not even done assembling before the meta shifts again. I'm thinking that I should give up running a full-on meta list for a few years while my collection grows. Is this how this game is supposed to work or am I doing something wrong? So the thing you're... I have very strong opinions on this, so I'm just going to answer and someone else can correct me. Uh, Marines are the worst starter army in the game. Uh, it's, like, not even close. Marines aren't actually an army. They're a models-as-a-service army, um, much like software-as-a-service. Uh, you are never done with... Yeah, yep, bang. T Tim Tim's got it. A... I mean, Tim's heard me yell about this a bunch because twice yep. I've tried to start Space Marines and failed. Uh, and that's just someone that, like, basically doesn't pay for plastic because of tournament winnings and store credit. Like, it's just not worth it. Uh, if you're new, start a low model count army, like Chaos Knights or Imperial Knights or Custodes or something like that, something in that vein that's interesting to you, and pick a meta list and play it until your eyes bleed. Um, 
that is how you should like start competitive 40k starting with the faction that you think looks the coolest or is the coolest is the single worst piece of advice that new players are given i think that I... advice was dope before covid when the game was less competitive I think two things on that one, just before wrapping up. For for the one thing of before COVID, before data slates, that was a good advice. Sure. And books didn't change for five years, 100%. But once we moved towards like the, the, the eighth edition data slate model, things changed totally. Chaos, Space Marines are not an army that I would recommend to anyone ever, frankly. Um, a play, playing Space Marines means that you already own the HQs and the troops for whatever the new list is. That's literally all playing Chaos Space Marines. Like Space Marines. Yep. For, as far as the like, pick an army that you like, Pick an army you like from the range of reasonable armies, right? Like you're gonna play a better, you're gonna have more fun building and painting the models you like, but pick from a pick from the set of ones that are reasonable. Like if you think Votan look cooler than World Eaters, play Votan, right? Like Go it makes nuts. sense. Yeah. But don't play, but like, you know, work, do some research first on like how much effort it takes to play an army. So as to your like Space Marines. The codex has just come out. We just went through the index into, into the codex process. It is unlikely there's going to be a ton more change from here other than because of the meta shifts. Even with data slates, it's unlikely there's going to be a lot. So you are probably past the worst of it. I... But you're not past all of it. There, yeah. It will change. I mean, mm -hmm. between slates and the non-codex compliance all getting books, dude, it's mm -hmm. not like you're not even... You're not even not like even close. No, nope. you're not even like one fucking eighth of the way through or whatever, right? Like, there's I, still like six books that have to come out for that army. I yep. will say as well that the second part is probably the part that's most irritating this person, which is that they're used to drafting magic where you pay fifteen dollars oh. and can play competitive yeah, right away, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And oh, unfortunately, I yeah, yeah I didn't get. It's fine. It wasn't part of the question, but the general advice I think you guys gave was bad. Was very good. Yeah. Yeah. you're not doing anything wrong this is just a different type of hobby yeah. you're, you're coming out with a lot more stuff at the end of it than you are in magic but it just doesn't feel like it because you're not using it for competitive at this yeah. point right right now you're getting scammed though i think like, that's part... totally valid that way because you you're... go ahead sorry yeah i just like it's you're like that's a really rough spot to be in as someone that's trying to start it new uh in fact i feel so bad about that that if you hit me up i will help you fix that <laughs> For no money. Take the man up on this. He will help you out. He is serious. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I'm in a similar position. I've been playing competitively for four and a half years now. Marines were my first army. And I'm still buying and painting Marine models. Yeah. Like, like I have a thousand points of Marines on my painting desk right now. I'm taking and Marines I have 20,000 painted. Yeah. So I'm taking Marines to an RGT in a couple of weeks. In a couple of weeks, I'm borrowing over a thousand points of it. I've been playing Marines since 2008. Like, I will. Sorry, it's the way it is. Say that the thing to remember most is that this game has like a lag where you're trying to catch up to being competitive. You're not gonna go from zero to two thousand points in like the same time frame if you're painting all of your own models, especially and assembling them yourself. Like that's just not yes. a thing that you're gonna do. It takes, especially if you're still learning how to hobby efficiently, which. If you're interested in learning more, you should check out X and One because they talk about those kind of things. Yeah, we're, we're going to go on to the next. We're such shills. <laughs> question. Yeah, shills for ourselves, which is fine because. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Ethan asks, "Should my Erst Redemptor Dread, I'm assuming Iron Storm Redemptor Dreads, be scared of Tower Botan shooting?" Yes. Respectful, but not scared. You can't be yeah. scared. Yeah. You have to be respectful. Yeah, you can't just be like shoot me with everybody because then you will die. Don't oh, yeah. get shot for free. If you're going to get shot, make them make it have a reason and make it cost them something. Mm -hmm. The next question is from Bryant. Uh, what do you guys think about the most recent MetaWatch stat-wise? Anything in particular you find good that Stu said? Anything bad? 
Do you guys think orcs deserve a nerf per their data? I think the idea that you nerf orcs is fucking clown shoes right now, but like, come on, son. Like, honestly, I think that orcs need to get their wah back to in their command phase. It's a huge fucking difference, I, man. I know it's a huge like, deal, and I know it's a huge difference. I don't think that necessarily needs to change. I don't, but at the same time, I'm also of the opinion that you don't need to touch orcs right now. I mean, um, I just like that thing in particular feels so garbage that it's like totally fair if they were to change that. I don't think it would like make them insane. I think it'd be really funny to nerf them. So I'm I, on board. I think that GW needs to, to give us some transparency about how they're collecting their data in order to correctly assess what their data quality is. Like, that's just a thing. Yeah. We would need to be told how they get their data in order to evaluate the data quality. It's different than the mm -hmm. data that we do, but our data is specifically focused on five plus round, 25 plus round, 25 plus player events. So our data is a little yeah. different and it, GW's job with those meta watches is not just focusing on tournament play specifically at the high level. They're also looking at how to keep the game balanced for people who are not playing at events, essentially. So their goal is different than like probably we want it to be. I like that they do the meta watch and that they have their people actually comment about game balance. Like that's cool. I yeah, don't always like the do. words that come out of their mouth when they talk about game balance, but like it is what it is. Um, I'm glad that they talked about bringing up factions and that they talked about the fact that the nerfs to some factions were more than they were supposed to be. I give the meta watch a B minus. Good job. You pass in graduate school. Congratulations. I like, I don't necessarily agree with the idea that custodes got nerfed too much, but I guess we'll see as time goes yeah, on. We'll find out. I think Custodes uh, got nerfed the exact right amount, but Eldar and CS but Eldar and CSM didn't get nerfed enough for that to matter for the overall health of Custodes in the game. Yeah. So Scott asks an important question, which is what's the likelihood the children's city rug playmat is going to get made? We're gonna make it. Just you wait. Low but not zero. Yeah. It's it's not high, like a hundred percent, but it's definitely higher than ten percent. How about that? The more people ask about it, the more likely we are to make it happen. That's basically the... The more people who tell us they'll buy it and make it worth us actually going the, through the manufacturing process. That more than anything else. Yeah. Like if and you, through the design process. Like if we want to make it cool. If a bunch of you in chat, like in the Discord, in the Patreon, tell us that you're going to buy them, then we'll probably buy, we'll probably get it manufactured. Uh, all right, man, Eric. I don't know how many more weeks I'm going to read these, but I'm going to read this one, I guess. Uh, Eric says, hey, guys, I've really grown over the months to appreciate the kind of in-depth look you take at various statistics that go beyond just simple win rates. Even though it seems like GW wants to use win rates as the primary driver, your examination of lesser-used statistics like overrep and tournament winning position really brings a lot of nuance to the discussion around balance. In reviewing lesser-used statistics related to 40K, what would you say is the most common two-word answer given in response to StatCheck Discord's questions over the last four to six weeks? I don't know how this gets to David Gaylord, and I'm kind of confused by this question, but okay. <laughs> I like Eric, to just got you to say it. Yep. God damn it. Fine. You win, Eric. <laughs> you win this week. You and your meddling questions getting me to David Gaylord. All right, Connor Nichols. The real, the real answer only... is Iron Storm. <laughs> True, we do say that a lot. We said Iron Storm so much today. 
Uh, Connor asks, how much to get Ennis to take Invasion Fleet Nids to Atlanta? I would have to paint so much stuff, and I don't want to borrow stuff for Atlanta. So but... it would be... It would be a lot because I would I would not be able to work for like the week before Atlanta in order to pay for like you're still to, like there's a number the at the end of this road. Yeah, there, bro. There, there's a number. I'm just not gonna voice it because I don't trust Cliff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we saw we saw what happened at the last grand finale when uh, Cliff it, had a little bit of Ennis, extra money it, in the pocket. And is, is it two grand? I don't really know. Three? If you if you wagged two grand at Innes, I bet you he would play. Oh Invasion yeah, I, I would dance like a bait. I would dance like a puppet, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> two grand is the number. Two K is now, the wait. number now. Pounds or dollars? Pounds. There we go. Right. Dollars, right. dollars, dollars are real. Two thousand like, pounds. So like twenty five hundred dollars. That's the number to ruin Innes's time in Atlanta. All right. Uh, Bobby Rez asks, uh, "What was the last horror movie you watched?" I am not a horror movie person, so I'm gonna have to no, go back to my memory. Uh, does Underworld count? No, no. I kind uh, of half watched the I, new Haunted Mansion because my parents had it on. I think is... the last horror movie that I watched was Hellraiser because we watch horror movies every Halloween, and that's really the only time we watch horror movies. Yeah, I definitely don't watch horror movies. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, and right. then the last thing is an image, and I just want to share it. So we're gonna share this image. This is the meat case. So oh, the beef case. Beef the case. beef case. Beef. Focus. The Sorry. bed of salt or cocaine. I'm not <laughs> sure which. But... Ah, that's my I'm Sharing my screen. Poppy steak. Here is this, this beef case. <laughs> it's so good. Every time I see it. It's Everything the about that is just... Doesn't encapsulate like the music and the singing of like 20 people around them. I saw like a TikTok about this or something, and somebody was like, "Yeah, like twenty people ordered this over the night we were there." Dude, that's so good. It's so it's good. Just a normal looking steak as well. Like it doesn't even look that special. <laughs> it isn't about the steak at this point. Let's it's not even honest. like whack you or anything really it, nice. It's just steak. Dude, they could put anything in there. I don't even care. <laughs> it looks like a body. How, somebody. Yeah, that does look think... like a, few, a casket. I mean, it I is. It is a body, right? It was a horse's head or something like that in there. How much do you think you have to pay them to take the beefcase with you? <laughs> if they don't give it to you free, I don't want it. Man, this is just giving me vibes of the the actual Salt Bay restaurant where it's like $1,000 for him to come over and like just throw salt at your food and then walk away. Yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. That's way less funny than this. True. Apparently okay, it, it is, is a 55-ounce purebred Australian Wagyu tomahawk steak. Oh, okay. So it's a real steak. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, okay. I'm not going to get into the details of the naming on that, but yeah. Don't think about that too hard. Don't think too hard. On that note, we are out of questions from Discord. Uh, I'm going to go through Super Chats real quick. There is a question in there. Uh, thank you, Davlos, for another currency that I don't recognize, which is S. It's the same one as last time. F in chat for Anthony losing his mind over oh, AWS Jenkins. What? There are Singaporean dollars, I think. And SGD? Okay. Um, so Anthony, F's in chat for you losing your mind over AWS. I mean, it's not so bad yet. I worked uh, with it before, it wasn't too awful, but you know. Thank you, Ben, for five dollars for talking about driving Innis across the border to Tijuana. Uh, thank you to Tim. I'm in Tim. danger. 
<laughs> a little probably uh tim thank you for laundering more money that's just emojis which is crocodile flamingo palm tree palm tree on palm a tree, beach palm tree palm tree dolphin shark dolphin, yeah i'm sure that there's a hidden meaning there that i haven't caught yet uh cast thank you for five dollars canadian and puppy exclamation point and then well, finally an actual question. Uh, thank it's you, not, it's Steve. Not, it's trolling. <laughs> I know it's trolling, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Oh, no. Uh, Steve asks, <laughs> new to competitive play and play, pay, and I pay Hellstorm Mikey for coaching. He just keeps telling me to wait for a WTC event before I play to increase my chance of winning. What is Innis's thoughts plus translation? No, personally, I do believe that any event that runs the weekend the WTC should ever be counted towards any statistics because, frankly, it's not a fucking tournament if there's no WTC players there. So you could just disregard half the events in the US and Canada to begin with because none of them are relevant. But if it's the only way you can win, which I would understand coming out of Mikey's mouth because that man's never won a thing that didn't come out of a fucking tombola machine. <laughs> <laughs> I know that Google has messed up my results, by the way, because the first thing that comes up when I Google SGD is the uh, Saccharomyces genome database. Jesus. Just putting it out nice. there. Um, uh, anyone's welcome to translate that anytime, but I promise that it means basically nothing except fuck you, Mikey. Um, love you. <laughs> and then Brian is going to get in a last minute super chat. Thank you for the $4.99, not even quite to four pounds. Innis would get beef case, but ask for chicky tendies inside instead. <laughs> On that note, I think doesn't I, even deny it. I'll be writing a letter of recommendation to Sean about your performance in Team Scotland these last two years oh, and your, damn. Uh, the way you carry yourself. You I think he already had his interview, you, so I think he's fine. If you could write that to me first and then I'll forward it to Sean, that'd be great. Yeah, I'm not trusting you for that for being the person that houses that. Why? <laughs> That's I handle everything else. <laughs> there don't appear exactly, to be any. There don't be, appear to be any other questions in there. <laughs> I do like Chris's comment that somehow Innis is clearer with the accent than without it. <laughs> I, have to, I, I have to slow it down to put on the affectation. Oh, that's wonderful. He starts speaking right. at a slightly above average speed instead of Innis. Yes. Wait the fuck are you on about, laddie? Hold your fucking leash. Somehow still clearer. All right. Yep. On that note, Innis, roll us out. Thank you so much, everybody, for being with us for episode 66, Iron Storming the Meta. Uh, we are going to be taking a wonderful break for a week. I am not going to be here next week, so you guys get to have a wonderful time without me speaking loudly into the microphone in Scottish. Best of luck to everybody who's at tournament this weekend. Have a wonderful time. Please remember to check out all the things we shared out earlier. That's X and One, End of the Matrix, Coaching, the YouTube, the Patreon, Red Dragon, Saltire, Cali Cup classes, and I'm probably something else, but frankly, it's 1 a.m. and I'm going to bed. Good luck. Nathan, take us out. Bye-bye. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com.